0: You're listening to Seattle Sports Saturday, Saturday with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Seattle, Seattle. Plenty of good stuff coming your way in this second hour of Seattle Sports Saturday. Seahawks get a kickback tomorrow. You get a kickback tomorrow as well. Don't have to sweat out another Seahawks game because, well, they're off for the, about the next week and a half here uh, as they. Will take on the Eagles on Monday Night Football on the thirtieth. So we get a we get a marinate in this victory for quite some time here, and that's that's pretty good. I got to be honest, Taylor. I, I do not mind being able to watch a full slate of NFL games tomorrow and and not have to worry so much about the Seahawks outcome. In addition to all the other games that are going on.
0: Yeah, throw Red Zone on, kick back up with your bowl of cereal and your bunny slippers and just enjoy this week heading into the holidays, too, with Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah, ho- we're hoping for a- for an Apple Cup as well at the end of the week, but uh, that looks less likely than a uh, yeah. a comforting week of games.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I-, I am very much looking forward to not having to just – you know, live and die with each and every play that happens tomorrow. Obviously, there are a couple of games that are going to have some big implications for the Seahawks, uh, mainly that Packers-Colts game and then Rams-Bucks later on in the day. Uh, we'll get into some of those headlines coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes from now. But uh, you know, to be able to watch those and knowing what the Seahawks have already accomplished this week, Uh, Definitely going to put everybody at ease. So shout out to the Seahawks for getting that job done there on on Thursday night. Let's waste no more time. Let's get into this hour's Big Three. Number Number one.
0: Well, Curtis mentioned it earlier. Big, big week for the NBA as they try and get back to their regularly scheduled programming. But the NBA draft and free agency both happening this week. Fast and furious in both. Anthony Edwards, James Weissman, Lamelo Ball—they go one, two, three, pretty much as expected. If the uh, if the teams had kept those picks, pretty much they knew that those were the players that were going to go there. Danny Adige—I uh, forget Avdij is how you think you pronounce it in Hebrew. But he becomes the first Israeli-born player to go in the top ten, and he also gets uh, drafted from some restaurant's wine cellar. It appears like very strange setting for him. But uh, unfortunately, not all great news on draft day. That's when the news broke about Clay Thompson tearing his Achilles in his other leg where he suffered the injury last season. And he will be out the entire next NBA season. Blow to the Warriors and Coug fans alike. But again, if any player is tough enough to do it, we know how tough he is coming back and taking those free throws in that game. Clay Thompson's the player to do it. And free agency? Fast and Furious as well. A lot of deals happening today. You see Gordon Hayward on the move to Charlotte. Uh, Montrez Harrell moving cross town. Former sixth man of the year. He's moving to L.A. And uh, Fred Van Vliet going to stay with the Raptors. Frederico Suave on four years, $85 million. Number, Number two. two.
1: Well, just when you thought Seattle's 2018 trade of Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz to the Mets couldn't get any better, Robbie Cano went and tested positive for the PED Stanozolo and will be suspended for the entire 2021 season. As you recall, Cano suspended in his final season with the Mariners for 80 games for a failed PED test. In addition to the season long suspension, Robbie will be able. or. Robbie will be forced to forfeit $24 million in salary, $20 million paid by the New York Mets organization for by the Mariners. When Cano returns from his punishment, he'll be 39 years old. And look, from a Mariners standpoint... At the time, it was a confusing trade. Why would you include Edwin Diaz in a salary dump for Robinson Cano? But man, oh man, you could not have asked for a better outcome from this trade. And that's before the centerpiece of what Seattle got back from the Mets has even played a single out at the Major League level. That's right, Jared Kelnick likely to make his Major League debut next season. Uh, Many people considering him to be one of the best prospects in baseball and the Mariners reaping the rewards from that move made by Jerry DePoto in this front office a couple seasons ago. Has, been, has this been the last we've seen from Robinson Cano on a Major League Baseball field? He'll be 39 years old when he returns from his punishment. Uh, for someone whose legacy was once destined for Cooperstown, Cano will be lucky if anyone in baseball is able to look past his tarnished numbers. Number
0: three. Some college football updates for the games happening at least because We'll get into the games not happening here in a second, but you still got some big matchups of the day. And one of the most surprising matchups is number nine, Indiana. Yes, we're talking football, not basketball. Number nine, Indiana, going up against number three, Ohio State. But looks like more of the same between those two as Ohio State up 28-7 at halftime. The other big matchup right now happening in the morning slate of games. Number six, Florida, up 24 10. Kyle Trask now firmly in the Heisman conversation. 18 24, 245, and two touchdowns for them Gators down there. So uh, good to see that from Kyle. And uh, after the show, number 10 Wisconsin, number 19 Northwestern will square off in another Big Ten matchup. Don't forget about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, another big one as well. But two big Pac-12 matchups that will happen. Well, we hope. At least things could change at any second. But Oregon taking on UCLA, number 11 in Oregon. And and number 20, USC taking on Utah, Utah's first game of the year. We all know the Wazoo-Stanford game canceled, but also some big games canceled or postponed. Clemson versus Florida State. That's number 4 Clemson by the way. Number 5 Texas A&M versus Old Miss. Georgia Tech versus number 12 Miami. Number 22 Texas versus Kansas and number 15 Marshall versus Charlotte. So some big games canceled, some big games postponed even here in the Northwest and uh, call it, uh the weirdest college football season continues on.
1: It absolutely does. That is this hour's big 3. Some honorable mentions. City of Tampa all of a sudden becoming a hotbed for uh championship teams. I mean, you've got the Lightning who won the Stanley Cup. The Rays were the American League champions. The Bucks have their best shot at an NFC title in about 20 years. And now they get an NBA champion calling their city home for at least the next couple months. The Raptors going down to Tampa to start their season because obviously travel between the Canadian border right now, you can't do it without a two-week quarantine, a mandatory quarantine. So the Raptors calling Tampa, Florida home. Taylor, your family uh, has a lot of Raptors fans in it because your mom's from up north. Uh, What do you think about seeing the Raptors playing in Tampa
0: uh, this one hurts, Curtis. This should be us. This should be us here in Seattle. Oh, we should be talking about the Seattle Raptors and, and what it would be like to have basketball back in the Northwest. A, a great team. I think this the city of Seattle would love the way the Raptors play. Five players averaging double digits last season. A true team style of basketball. And whether we like to admit it or not here in Seattle, but this is a basketball city. A lot of basketball talent comes from here. Look, it rains a lot, so they got to be indoors, playing basketball, shooting hoops, working out. Um, so to, to have that come back here and um, sort of enrich that history would have been so cool. But the other side of it is there's kids like us, Curtis, in Tampa who who haven't been able to see basketball in person. And this will be a real cool moment for them. And they'll get to experience something. And, yes, they have all these championships and success right now. but Man, basketball is a special thing, and to experience that in person and to get to call that team your own, even just for a little bit, is going to be a real cool feeling for some of the kids down there. Uh, And hopefully, you know, their love of basketball grows because of this as well, and they love the game as much as we do because of our love for the Sonics. Hopefully the Raptors can bring some of that love to Tampa and and spread the cheer of what basketball is. But a little sad it's not here, but excited for those kids in, in Tampa who get to see some basketball.
1: Yeah, it would be really cool to see a team, you know, just call Seattle home for a, at least a couple months. That would be just the coolest thing. But speaking of basketball, college basketball unbelievably is going to start this week too, sneaking up on us out of nowhere. Uh a full slate of Pac-12 action going on on Wednesday of uh of this week. Uh, Let's see here. The Cougs they will take on Texas Southern on Wednesday night at six o'clock. You've got Washington taking on Portland State. That's at eight o'clock. They're hosting a preseason or they're hosting a a tournament uh, at Heckad, which with a lot of local teams. I believe Portland is also involved in that. In addition to Portland State, Uh, I think Eastern Washington might be involved in that too. So uh, there's going to be a a lot of Pac-12 basketball going on this week. And, I mean, just as we've seen with college football this year, there is still a lot of uh, lot of question marks as to whether or not this season will be able to get played uh, in full. But it's going to be quite interesting to see how they pull this one off. I'm looking forward to it as, as a college basketball junkie. You're a college basketball junkie, too. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to play out. But hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll be able to get a full season in.
0: Yeah, hopefully it plays out, literally, quite literally.
1: <laughs> yeah, just get these games done with, man. Just get it, everybody yeah. in and out. Eh, just don't worry about any sort of pleasantries before and after the game. Just get everybody in and out. Coming up in this hour, what does the rest of the season look like for the Seahawks? Looks pretty cushy the next four weeks. How will they be able to take advantage of that schedule? That's coming up at 11.30. But up next, we'll take you around the NFL for Week 11. Plenty of headlines to look at as the Seahawks get a kickback tomorrow. That's next, Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rodgers and Taylor Jacobs.
0: On 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Week 11 in the NFL. We are just a day away from it. Plenty of headlines to look at across the league. Let's start in New Orleans. Last week we saw Drew Brees get knocked out of that game against San Francisco, taking that huge shot right before the end of the first half. He gets placed on IR with multiple rib fractures and a collapsed lung. Before we get into how New Orleans has decided on their starting quarterback for tomorrow... Taylor, how would a an extended absence from Drew Brees impact this NFC race? Because New Orleans, they've been one of the hottest teams in the league over the last couple months.
0: Yeah, and this is a, a tough time for the Saints. They, they got a game against the Falcons. Yes, the Falcons 3-6, and six, but they're still a good team at the Broncos. Then back against the Falcons, Eagles, Chiefs, Vikings, Panthers. That's a tough slate of games. And look... Rib injuries are no joke, especially for a quarterback, right? They need that rotation. They need that explosiveness. And to not have that in some of those games, still important NFC South games too left on that on that schedule. This is big. And look, they gave Taysom Hill a lot of money. They gave J- Jameis Winston some money too. So they're going to need to lean on those two guys for probably more than three weeks. Yes, Drew Brees is on the IR for three weeks, but it'll probably take him another week to ramp up. And maybe even another week to get game ready. And then you're talking about the final couple games of the, of the year against a, a Vikings team, which has surprisingly been competitive. And a Panthers team, who also has been competitive. So, for the Saints, it couldn't happen at a worse time. But, of all the teams, they prepared for a moment like this the most. So, if they're truly prepared, they should be able to handle this with Hill and Winston.
1: Yeah, and, and speaking of Hill and Winston, they are going to go with Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback uh, in Week 11, which is interesting because last week Jameis Winston filled in for Drew Brees and, and played well. I mean, they didn't lose. They they managed to hold on and beat the 49ers pretty pretty easily. But when you're paying somebody as much as Taysom Hill and, and as much fuss as was made about him this offseason, you know, why are you paying somebody that much when they don't really play quarterback a whole lot? I guess this is the Saints saying, all right, let's see what our investment is in this guy because, uh, I mean, we're paying him this much money. Might as well see what he's got.
0: Tim Tebow fans everywhere rejoice as their (laughs) NFL Tebow gets his shot. Uh, Also weird, just quick sidebar, fantasy football. I don't talk it a whole lot on the show, but Taysom Hill also in some leagues still listed as a tight end. So you could play potentially Taysom Hill and... Another quarterback this this week, so some weird stuff even for fantasy football that they have to go through with Taysom Hill and his designation as a quarterback, pass-catching, running back, weird sort of tweener player in the NFL. So something to keep an eye on in your fantasy leagues uh, if you see Taysom Hill popping up in the tight end spot.
1: We just dial it back to Freshest Fantasy Focus. I mean that's,
0: Whoa. That's, a, that's that's throwback a, Thursday right there.
1: That's that's a if you remember that, text in to the Viseart Seltzer Text line seven ten seven.
0: You're an OG. You're an OG in my books if yeah. you know that. If you remember that segment.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Packers and Colts from Indianapolis, Green Bay. Uh, they're right now a, a half game up on the Seahawks because they haven't played the same amount of games, but uh, depending on how this one goes, if Seattle or, or if Green Bay loses here on Sunday, then Seattle's back into a tie with Green Bay uh, in the quest for home field advantage in the NFC. They're playing Indianapolis. The Colts got that big win last Thursday against the Titans. This is their first game since that one. Did the Colts show you anything in that game against Tennessee that you think could help them here against Green Bay, or or do you think Green Bay's a better team?
0: No, I, I think that Indy has squarely taken the title of most underrated team this year, and a team I think could surprise the people in the playoffs. Uh, they, they do everything really well. And they're, not, they're not doing everything to a, a, a top-level degree, but they got a pretty good defense. They got a pretty good run game. They got Phillip rivers. He's not turning it off uh, over a whole lot, but they got a pretty solid pass game there as well. They're just really solid. And for a team like the Packers, who's been up and down, right. And they've been struggling to find that sort of consistency. Yes. They've, they're still uh, raking in those wins, but the consistency they're looking on for, or on the field from their defense specifically, hasn't really been there. So to me, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about the Colts taking this Packers team down, and next Saturday we're talking about the Seahawks and the Packers with the same same record and that same sort of quest for that number one seed. Because the Colts, they got some skills, and they can they can uh, hang with the Packers.
1: Also in the NFC, another big one to watch out for, especially in the NFC West race is the Rams going to Tampa Bay, taking on the Bucks? I think a lot of people, especially here in the city of Seattle, are going to be watching that one uh, in the afternoon slate of games because that Rams team, what we saw last Sunday, that's a good team. Tampa Bay, also a good team in their own right. Uh, who do you want to win in this one between Tampa Bay and L.A.? I think most of us are going to be rooting for Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, look, I think as the Seahawks fans, I think – You gotta be thinking about the division first. You can't be thinking about Tampa Bay and seeding yet, right? You just gotta control what you can control. But you gotta keep the Rams behind you, right? You still got another game with them. Keep them in the rear view as much as possible. Get to that division title and then talk think start thinking about conference, where you fit in the NFC picture. But Tampa Bay, man, they're good. And they're a legit team they're again similar to the Colts where you know Tom Brady isn't having a, a, a masterful season but he's having a good season Godwin and Evans and, and Antonio Brown not having amazing seasons but they're having pretty good seasons and Antonio Brown just recently sort of starting to come on for them and the defense too for the Bucks, pretty solid so this team when we get closer to those playoffs I think we'll start to be on more people's radars as a team to be afraid of but the Rams get them get them out I don't want to see them I don't want to see yeah. Aaron Donald in a competitive down the rest <laughs> of the season get them out of there and focus on the Bucks. come playoff time
1: yeah Tampa Bay you mentioned their passing attack last week against Carolina really was efficient and what's interesting is there was a lot of question marks as how they would incorporate Antonio Brown into that passing attack I thought last week they did it really well you look at the distribution between Godwin, Evans, and Brown, it was pretty much equal. And I think that might be the best way to handle it right now because if you're throwing this to one guy, you know, 16, 17 times, I don't think that's going to sit well with the other two. Clearly it's not going to sit well with Antonio Brown as we know his history in this league. Uh, But Tom Brady able to use those weapons that he has and they handled the Panthers pretty easily last Sunday. Uh, hoping for the same here against the Rams on Sunday. Tack McKinley, the strange travels of him over the last couple of weeks. He gets cut by the Falcons after sort of talking his, tweeting his way, I should say, out of Atlanta. Gets picked up by the Bengals in waivers. Fails a physical, has to go back out on waivers. Gets picked up this time by the 49ers. Fails that physical, gets back out onto waivers now. He's still a free agent, essentially. He's still on waivers, so he has to go through that process. Also, Jets cornerback Pierre Desir, he was placed on waivers this week. He went unclaimed, so he is a street-free agent right now. Do either of those two interest you In, in the case of Tack McKinley? Does his two failed physicals in a row, does that concern you? So... Desir McKinley and how concerning is McKinley?
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't go after McKinley just because, again, like you mentioned, two failed physicals with uh, NFL organizations. So, uh, fool me, you know, fool me once, shame on me, type of things. He's not fooling us twice <laughs> after that. So, and Desir, look, I, I think they're they're fine at where they are in corner. I think you're limited on roster spots already. I think you're going to have some DBs who are going to be getting healthy and coming back to this roster. So in an ideal world, ideal world, maybe Desir fits into this roster and he can provide some depth. But to me right now, I just don't see it between either of these two.
1: Of the two, I think Pierre Desir would be the one I'd go with because he has yeah. experience in the Seahawks program. He was with the Seahawks in training camp, I think, 2016 and 2017. So there's there's familiarity there with him and the Seahawks run office and the coaching staff. But his play on the field this year has been really bad. He has the three interceptions, but I believe his opponent passer rating is up near 100. I think he's allowed four touchdowns this season. So it's been a struggle. Is that on him? Or is that on the Jets themselves? Because the Jets are god-awful this season. They are so bad. Uh, of those two, I think Pierre Desir would be the one I'd be most comfortable bringing into Seattle. But, uh, you know, hey, if Tag McKinley is there, wherever the Seahawks are picking, we still don't know their waiver order because the slate of games on Sunday still has to be played. Um, but they're probably going to be in that 25-28-29 range uh, of... Of picks in the waiver wire. So, should be interesting to see how that shakes out. And then finally, uh, news yesterday longtime Seahawk, one of the most consistent players, I would say the most underrated player of the Legion of Boom era defense. That'd be defensive tackle Brandon Mebane. He officially announced his retirement from the NFL. Uh, fan favorite wherever he went in the league, whether it was here or with the Chargers. But he was. Maybe just the most overlooked person in that defense. But man, oh man, was he rock steady and just an incredible, incredible player for this Seahawks team for so long, too.
0: Yeah, such a solid force. Just all reliable. You know what I mean? He was that that golf club you knew you could hit a straight shot with no matter where you were. And Mebane was one of those players you just knew you could get. Exactly, He played to his baseball card I know that's a, another big sports term But he played to his card You knew what you were going to get You got that almost every single season with him Great in the community Great with fans A great ambassador for this organization And wish him the best in retirement Because he's earned it Played hard And uh, I, I know that Seattle fans Will fondly think about Meebane for, uh, for most of their Cheering fandom lives
1: in the words of Trent Dilfer, it's pretty good. Coming up next, what does the rest of the season look f- like for the Seahawks? Well, but it's favorable. How can they take advantage of this schedule? We talk that next here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. Make sure you're texting in your shout-outs to the Busy Heart Seltzer text line seven We'll get to those in about 15 minutes as we do each and every Seattle Sports Saturday. We wrap it up with our shout-outs, with your shout-outs too especially. So we want to get those in to the Busy Heart Seltzer text line 710-710. Taylor, we've already got people texting in. They're taking your fantasy advice on Taysom Hill, using him as their, as their tight end this week.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird week. Look, I think ESPN is one of the only leagues where he's still listed as a tight end. So I, most likely they'll adjust it next week, um, and he'll only be designated as a quarterback. But, hey, look, the system's broke. Take advantage. You know what I mean? The things exactly. are checking out for $0.10. Cents. Might as well buy a couple.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like when the ATM machine starts spitting out like thousands of dollars. Like, what do I do with this? Well, you deposit it back Someone's in your account. Someone's got to take it. Yeah, Yeah. someone's
0: got to do it. Might as well be you.
1: Coming up, yeah, we get your shout-outs in about 15 minutes. But right now, the Seahawks, looking at the schedule that lies ahead, specifically these next four games, I don't think you can ask for a more advantageous stretch in your schedule, especially this time of year where the intensity of each game ramps up and the importance of each game ramps up as well. But at the Eagles – At home for two games against the Giants and the Jets, and at Washington. Those are four teams that are nowhere near contending this season. The only reason Philadelphia and New York, or the only reason Philadelphia and the Giants are where they are is just because of how bad the NFC East has been this season. Um, But neither of those teams has any business sniffing the playoffs in a normal setting. But you look at these four games, Taylor, and we talked about it. In the first hour of the show, whether or not the Seahawks offense will be more balanced going forward and whether or not this defense can propel themselves forward based off of what we saw on Thursday night against Arizona, I think in both instances, I would be stunned if we saw anything else than than what we saw against the Cardinals in terms of offensive and defensive production. And also, I would be stunned if these games follow the same sort of script that we see with the Seahawks, where they win by one score, where it comes down to the final possession of the game. I would hope for not just the Seahawks' sake and for the coaching staff's sake, but for the 12's sake and for Seahawks' fans' sake, that they can have an easy go of it because these next four games are about as cake as it can get in the NFL
0: yeah and according to a lot of the strength of schedule people, if you buy into those metrics the uh Seahawks, apparently with a point three three oh strength of schedule, the easiest schedule remaining in the n f l according to tankathon who measures a lot of those things and dealing with you know the non playoff teams essentially are are the teams that they register as not good, so um yeah, you just you you look through this slate of games. Of course, it's the NFL. Anything can happen on any Sunday, and one team—the difference between the best team and the worst team in the NFL—isn't as big as you think. But Curtis, looking at these these games, really, other than the Rams, I, I don't know where there is too much worry. You know what I mean? And the in the two New York teams are are clearly at the bottom of the NFL right now. Washington, you don't know what you're going to get. Philly, you definitely don't know what you're going to get. They're really up and down, and who knows what um, radio host is going to offend Doug Peterson at this point. But uh, his views can be lit pretty easily, apparently, as we found out this week. And he's mad. He's still mad. And the Niners are a practice squad. They uh, got—the whole roster is hurt. Literally, everyone on that roster is hurt. So— the Ra- You just look at this Rams game and say, look, get to this Rams game, get these wins, move on, stay healthy, and get to that one Rams game. Because then you're talking about 13 wins, Curtis. And if you're winning 13 games, there's not a whole lot you can accomplish in the playoffs with that sort of confidence and accomplishments already taking place.
1: Yeah, I, I think that Rams game is going to ultimately decide whether or not this Seahawks team is is having a first-round bye or if they're playing wild-card weekend because I don't think the Rams are going to go away anytime soon either. I think they're going to be right there with Arizona and with Seattle uh, in this NFC West race because what we saw from them last Sunday, that's a that's a really well-coached team. Uh, that's a, a really, you know, just steady organization. They, they are so good at what they do right now. Um, I think they're going to be right there with Seattle. It could have similar implications to what we saw last year in Week 17 against San Francisco, where it's not only for the division, but it could also be for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I think anything less than, if, if the Seahawks finish with less than, I would say, 12 wins, In this regular season, I would be—I think I would be a little disappointed because these next four games are going to get you 11. You've got the 49ers who are not your—you're not—they're not not your father's 49ers, I should say. No, Uh, and that right there, the math just adds up to 12. 13 is a victory over the Rams. You get them at home. And as we've seen this year, Seattle's 5-0 and at home. For whatever reason, the home field advantage it still exists, even without fans in the stands. Um, so just looking at this slate, anything less than, I think, 12 wins would be a disappointment. Text into the Viseyard Seltzer text line seven ten seven ten. 710 uh, What you think Seattle should be finishing at uh, with this next slate of games because it it's certainly to their taking it's to their advantage over the next month. And I think they have the easiest schedule of any contending team. The rest of the way, I think the strength of schedule is something like 29th overall, which I will take that every single time, especially this time of year.
0: So of these remaining games, we, we, the Rams, let's put them aside. We know that'll be a tough divisional rival. We already saw what they were like when they faced off earlier. What about the remaining games? Is it Philly or Washington that really worries you more? Because again, Jets, Giants, 49ers, look, it's going to take a, a a crazy effort from those three teams to to compete with this Seahawks team, barring injuries and craziness, but Philly and Washington are the the ones you probably feel the comfortable with, but the not quite completely confident. So which of those two sort of has you thinking the most, Curtis?
1: That's a good one. I Philly, you know what their top-end talent can be because we've seen what Carson Wentz can be at his best, and that's a really good quarterback. But is he capable of getting back to that level of play? Because he's clearly not there in 2020. As for Washington, I would say if they had... Uh, Kyle Allen at quarterback or Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, that would be a walk-in-the-park victory, but they don't. Alex Smith is their quarterback right now, and Alex Smith, you know, he's two years removed from from that injury, but he looks very similar to the Alex Smith that he was prior to the injury. Very accurate. You know what you're going to get with him. Uh, somebody that is going to really keep the game in front of him and not let it get out of control I got to be honest, that Washington game I think is a little bit more concerning than the Philly game because of what Alex Smith is as a quarterback. He's not somebody that's going to turn it over ever. He's never been that kind of quarterback. Um he is uh the game manager's game manager, uh which is good in the case of a team like Washington where they just need, you know, a quarterback right now that can uh, not turn the ball over and, and sort of guide this young team along, um, and Ron Rivera is their head coach. I mean, that's a that's a well coached team, regardless of their of their record right now. So, uh, I think the Washington game for me is the one that I I am more concerned with of all the games that remain outside of the Rams game. How about you? Which of these games do you think could jump out and, and maybe surprise the Seahawks?
0: Yeah, I I think Washington is one of those teams, too. You look at the past few weeks, three-point loss to the Lions, three-point loss to the Giants. Alex Smith keeping them in those games, right? Doing enough for his team to keep them within striking distance. So I agree with you that Washington is that team to worry about. But then, Curtis, you look at it, they got swept by the Giants. They lost 23-20 two weeks ago, and then a few weeks before that, 20-19, to again, close, one-possession games. But if if you're so confident about the Giants, and this team got swept by the Giants, I'm going to take Philly. I think you know that Carson Wentz has potential to go off and has some of that talent inside him. Can he do it? I don't know. It doesn't look like he can do it. But to me, it almost feels like Philly might be the one... That, that could be a surprising one Monday night. They get some time to rest, too. What will they look like in the bright lights? But, um, yeah, it, it's it, those are the two, I think, Seahawks fans past the Rams. They would rank either two or three in the most stressful games remaining this season.
1: Yeah, I look at those Jets and Giants games, and, and the Jets have been playing better as of late. But, man, I, I just I don't. See them posing much of a threat to the Seahawks uh, just because it's at home. It's Daniel Jones who pr- turns the ball over a lot. the Jets there's no worry at all. I, I could not see them posing any kind of threat to the Seahawks they're they're playing for Trevor Lawrence right now I think mm-hmm.
0: if they want they to can, lose that game.
1: Yeah, if they get a chance to get Trevor Lawrence, they're going to take any any opportunity to pick up those L's. Uh, that that's how I see it playing out in that one. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun rest of the regular season here because man, oh man, the Seahawks have such an opportunity uh, to to make some noise here and to really get it going uh, here over the season's last last little bit, Uh, but here in our last little bit, we need your shout-outs to the Vizzy Seltzer text line, 710-710. That's how we wrap up every Seattle Sports Saturday. That's coming your way next here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Curtis Rogers and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. Plenty of great shout-outs coming in to the Busy Heart Seltzer text line. Keep them coming as we wrap up here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Shout out to you guys for choosing us to be a part of your morning. I know I, I say it every week, but seriously, we really do appreciate it. We would not uh, have nearly as much fun if it weren 't for your guys' involvement in the show. so shout out to you guys for really making us a, a part of your morning here and uh, you know shout out to just everybody this week because it 's Thanksgiving week, and uh, this year I think has has really driven home how much there really is to be thankful for because uh, so many of us have suffered loss, have suffered uh, in, in different ways this year. It's been a challenging year, but, uh, you know, just a, a really cool time this week uh, for us to, you know, take a step back and be reminded of, of what we should be thankful for. And, uh, you know, we're thankful that we get to do this here every single Saturday with you. And, uh, Taylor, I, I know you're you're – Family has gone through so much this year. Um, my, my family, we've gone through a lot as well. But uh, it's good to to kind of have this every single week and, and to to be able to, to share with you guys everything that, that we're able to do and, and everything that, that's going on with us.
0: Yeah, and this week, Thanksgiving, it's going to look different. It's going to feel different. Uh, and it might even taste different for a lot of people too, right? So just remember that family is so important just because thanksgiving looks different doesn't mean that you love anyone any less that those situations aren't any more difficult for any one of us right and text coming in here from the 509 shout out to my mom for overcoming breast cancer and covid let's be thankful for things like that right and i were yeah. so thankful 509 that that happened uh you know my, my dad was sick with covid and was really really sick again he was on the ventilator both my grandparents, uh, my grandmas, have both had breast cancer. One, uh, unfortunately, lost her life to it. The other is still here. Um, so both of those things speak to me, true, and, and then this week is a great time to focus on family. Again, you may be outside in a small setting. You may be digitally in different places. But family is here. And family is so important. If you got them, tell them you love them. You can't squeeze them, but give them a, a digital hug as much as you can and send everyone as much love as you possibly can this week. So, uh, But on a more positive, shout-out Ken Griffey Jr., the kid, 51 years old, Curtis. Uh, I think he's Ooh. the oldest kid of all time, but uh, he's had such an impact on both of us growing up here in Seattle and, and putting our hats backwards and video games, and I got his shoes yes. on my shelf back there, and... Pretty crazy stuff that Griffey's in his 50s, but so cool for him, and what a legend here. He is the greatest of all time, in my opinion, and um, really thankful for that. Fred Van Fleet, undrafted yeah. to mega-contract Federico Suave, getting that 85 mil if you haven't seen it, he had a really inspirational speech he gave after he didn't get drafted and was with at uh, all his family at the draft party. It's up on Twitter, Twitter. Make sure you go look at that. And then lastly, Curtis, Pac-12 fans. We got to stick together. It's <laughs> tough right now, man. It's tough to be a Pac-12 fan. We have a lot of rivalries, but... Put him aside this year. We need to get Larry Scott out of here at all costs to get back to where we need to be, to where we can just talk about the games and we can get back to hating each other's guts on the field. But until <laughs> that time, we got to stick together. we got to pull through this. Hashtag Fire Larry Scott. Get him out of there.
1: Get him out of here. Uh, some more shout-outs to the Vizzy Heart Seltzer text line, the 360. Rainbow and I, shout-out a break in the rain, more dog oh. walks, more outside work getting done. Uh, absolutely. Always good to to get that nice, fresh air going, get the lungs back working. Can't can't love that any more than I already do. And, and Taylor, you mentioned NBA free agency. There was a move made just a little bit ago that I think mm. people here in Seattle will have a, a fondness for.
0: Jeff Green
1: was signed by the Brooklyn Nets. Now, that move in itself, it doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, he's a journeyman NBA player. But the last two remaining Sonics in the NBA are back together again. Jeff Green and Kevin Durant, teammates in the rookie season here in Seattle. The only time they played together with the Sonics, they are back together again with the Brooklyn Nets. I know here in Seattle, when you bring up the word, the three letters NBA, uh, you know, you get a lot of blowback, but for Sonics fans uh, to be able to have something to cling to, if you're going to root for a team this year, I guess pick the Brooklyn Nets because the last two Sonics who are still active in the NBA, Jeff Green and Kevin Durant, they're back together again. So uh, shout out to them. Shout out to the Nets for making that happen. Uh, And shout out to Sonics fans worldwide because we're still here and we're not going anywhere. And we're going to make sure our voices are heard loud and
0: clear. We're coming back, Curtis. And, oh, yeah, shout out to uh, the new arena that's still being built. Also, shout out to the Kraken because I just got my season tickets this week. Whoa! So I'm excited to be going to some Kraken games when they come here with my family, with my wife. Uh, Hockey in the Northwest is going to be super fun. I'm waiting for the sweaters now. Drop the sweaters. Some of you call them jerseys, but they are sweaters. Drop them. Let's we've, get them. I want them on my body. We've seen
1: the we've seen the uh, right. Adidas released those. Uh, yeah, I need to purchase them. Uh, and Curtis,
0: you mentioned it last week, right? The the they're releasing all these new uh, retro kind of forward thinking yeah. jerseys. The third jerseys are these sort of unique jerseys, like. Let's get a cool metropolitan shout out jersey on there Ooh. too. You know what I mean? Get yeah. get something unique and some stripes. Let's get some cool history back into this franchise before it even plays a game. So I'm looking forward to some sweaters, to some swag, to the Kraken, to a new arena, season tickets, more to talk about with you guys on a Saturday. It's all oh, good. Yeah. It's all good on this on this week.
1: I know. We're we're just a season away from Cracking hockey here in, in Seattle, and, and especially this time of year when the season will be going on. It's going to be so awesome to, to have a winter sport uh, outside of football to, to be able to talk about and to be able to break down and get in-depth in with you guys. Uh, super excited for that uh, because, I mean, growing up, hockey was always something you – here in the Northwest – it was always kind of something that you looked longingly after. It's like oh, maybe one day, but we don't we don't have the arena for it now. We do, and, and now we don't have to drive all the way up to Vancouver to watch a game. You know, it's right here in our backyard. We're just a, a year away from it. Uh, their team store located like just doors down from from our studio. So shout out to uh, the Kraken making it happen over there. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, you know, out there. Uh, You know, with the holidays coming up, you get some cracking merchandise for Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, plenty to get to here on this Seattle Sports Saturday. Uh, no coup game, unfortunately, but there is the Huskies taking on Arizona <sighs> later today at five o'clock. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I I've been there. I know what it's like to uh, to have your game canceled. It's no fun at all. Uh, but yeah, Huskies taking on Arizona at five tomorrow. We get an easy, nice, breezy day of NFL football to watch. Going to be a lot of fun. That's going to do it for us here. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on seven ten today. He is Taylor Jacobs. I'm Curtis Rogers. We will be back with you next Saturday, even though it's a holiday. And hopefully, we will have an apple cup to break down all aspects of react to. Uh, hopefully, we get that one in. That's uh, that's my hope for this sports week coming up here. So that's gonna do it for us. This is seven ten ESPN Seattle.